1: Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, April 13th, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Bill Bank Green. Bank, let's get in some college football national championship odds for the 2020 season. You did a really cool blog on this yesterday. To no surprise, Clemson has the best odds to win the national championship at 3-1. to Ohio State, number two, at 4-1. to Also not a surprise. Alabama, third at 6-1. to Georgia, fourth at 10-1. to Florida fifth at sixteen to one, and then LSU is sixth at twenty to one. I think they're probably just you know throwing them a bone since they're the returning national champions. Let's start with let's just skip past Clemson. We we know about Clemson. Let's start with Ohio State. Ohio State at four to one. I mean I am with you. I think this Ohio State team is going to be really good. And and you think that's a solid bet? Explain why.
0: Well, um, normally when I do like these wagers that are future bets, you know, you're, you're going to lay your money out today and you're not going to get a payoff if you win for a long time. I don't put a lot of money on these things. Uh, you can put a little bit of money and win a lot, you know. Say, say you like LSU to repeat. I mean, yeah, you can put 10 bucks on LSU and get 200 back. So that's a pretty good return. Um, so normally I don't like the three or four to one odds, you know, on something like this. But with college football, You know, it's pretty much a rigged game where the same people win all the time. Okay, in the last 15 years, only eight schools have won titles. And then if you stretch that back to 20 years, again, you get Ohio State with a repeat. You get USC in there. You're just talking only the football factories need apply here. It's not like in the NFL where we've seen teams in the NFL go from under 500 to go to the Super Bowl. We've seen it, I and mean, that's not happening in college football, okay? Not like Major League Baseball last year where the Washington Nationals got hot, um, tore through the power teams and won it all. That will not happen in college football, or it hasn't. I mean, you know, we may see it, you know, in Iowa State or, you know, Texas Tech. Maybe it'll happen someday, but for the most part, the same teams win all the championships and the same teams get to the playoffs every year. So then you're, you dial it back to maybe a handful of teams that can only win this thing. And then you go off the returning talent, the coaches, the schedule. And I like to look at, you know, what is your path to the playoffs? Cause if you don't get to the playoffs, you're not winning at all. And I just like everything for Ohio state. Um, I especially like the offense. You know, I think we've seen a little shift lately, where we're not seeing national title games that are 17 to 15. The last couple of years, you better score 40 or you're not winning a national championship. And I think Ohio State is going to have that type of team this year. I don't think there's any chance they're going to have the number one defense in the country like they had last year. And And I don't know if that's as important as having a team that can score 40, 45 points against anyone, just the way LSU did last year. So I think Justin Fields is the key. We saw what Burrow did last year, and if you go back to a year, you know if you look at Joey Burrow's first year as a starting quarterback, he was average. Okay, there was no talk about him being first pick in the draft. He was looked at as a second round, a second day draft pick, or or, or seventh round draft pick. But he took that leap, and look where that took LSU. Now Fields was great last year. He wasn't average like Burrow was his first year as a starter. Justin Fields is tremendous. So if he takes a leap, and I think he is, then that's going to score every time they have the ball. I mean, and, and, and if the defense is ranked 12 instead of one, it's not going to matter because they are going to score like LSU scored last year, like Clemson scored the year before when they dusted Alabama. So that that's my reason for thinking Ohio State. I think they're going to be good enough on defense. And I think that offense is going to be just, you know, a record setting, 45 against anyone type of offense.
1: I'm going to get into some of these other teams. Let's start with LSU, who we mentioned has the sixth best odds to win the national championship at 20 to 1. I think they're going to take a huge step back. We know all the talent they're losing, starting with Joe Burrow and a bunch of other guys that are going to be early NFL draft picks. They're just going to be flooding the NFL with talent. Losing another Joe that's really key, Joe Brady. I don't think they would have won the national championship if they didn't have Joe Brady running that offense. I know he technically wasn't the offensive coordinator, but he was the one calling the plays. He was the one that renovated their offense. To me, that's an offensive coordinator. I don't care what the, what the title is. Carolina Panthers sure think he was an offensive coordinator. I just think is going to take a big step back. Miles Brennan's probably going to be the starter. Coach O, I think, is an average coach who had a great roster and a great offensive coordinator last year, and they lost their defensive coordinator in Dave Aranda. I think is going to take a big step back.
0: I agree 100% with you there. I'm actually going to do another blog today, and I'm going to take 25 or 30 or 40 teams, and I'm going to predict their win total for this year against what Vegas has out there for their win total. Okay, so that that's always fun to do. This year, uh, Las Vegas has LSU at nine and a half for their win total. So if, if you think they're going to go over that, you know they got to win 10 games for you to to win that bet. You know, and they got to play Texas. They go at Florida, at Auburn, at Texas A&M, plus they got to play Bama. You know, they get them at home, but yet, you know, they're no fun to play Bama anywhere. So I agree with you. I think LSU is a three or four-loss team this year. I think they had the miracle run last year. It was, you know, it went right. Every single thing that could go right went right. They're going to have five or six guys drafted in the first round, um, you know, in a couple weeks. So, you know, the one thing about losing talent, when you're talking about one of the factories, um, they usually replace them with studs. It's usually stud replacing stud. So when you talk about losing people, that really affects. Oh, uh, it affects the Indianas and the Wisconsins more because they don't replace stud with stud, you know. So, but LSU is going They're gonna put nothing but quality on the field, but they will not have. In my opinion, they won't have the year they had last year, and that's why they're twenty to one, you know, to win it all this year.
1: Let's bounce around a little bit here. Alabama six to one again, the third best odds to win the national championship. Who do you think is going to be their starting quarterback? I thought Mac Jones was serviceable at the end of the year after Tua got hurt, but they also have obviously Bryce Young coming in as a true freshman. Who do you think is going to be the Crimson Tide's quarterback?
0: Yeah, I think Saban's in a tough spot there because, because of his age. I look at it, I look at him as a win-now guy, and I don't think he can afford to throw seasons away. Um, whereas maybe 10 years ago, he would go with that freshman, you know, and let the guy take his lumps and figure that he had enough talent around him that would carry him and maybe he could steal one like he did with, you know, try to do that with Jalen Hurts a couple of years ago. This year, I, I think Nick's dwindling down here in how many chances he has to win. So I think it almost forces him to go with Mac Jones You know, I think, you know, they're they're, they're not going to be as good this year, I don't think, unless Nick just has one of the greatest coaching jobs he's ever had. When you look at their schedule, you know, they get that SEC schedule. Crossover game this year is Georgia. So you add them, you know, have fun with them, you know, let alone playing LSU, A&M, Auburn. And then early in the year they're scheduled to play USC. So I, I think, you know, adding USC and Georgia to a schedule that's already pretty rough. I mean, I don't think they needed that. Then you've got the uncertainty at quarterback. They are also going to have five or six guys drafted in the first round. I think they dropped this year as well. I think the SEC is just going to be one of those years this year where they have a lot of really, really good teams, which means a lot of really good teams are going to beat a lot of other good teams, and everybody's going to come in with a few losses out of there. So that's why I, I think this thing boils down to Ohio State versus Clemson. And, you know, I think that those are going to be the two standing in the end. And I think the FCC just beats the heck out of each other all year. Nobody comes through undefeated. I think it's going to be hard for these teams to come through with one loss.
1: Georgia hasn't won a national championship since 1982 with Herschel Walker. It's a little hard to believe Georgia with all their talent. They have not won a national title in almost 40 years. They're 10-1, to 1, as we mentioned, fourth best odds to win a national championship. For those that don't know, the Wake Forest quarterback, Jamie Newman, transferred to Georgia. He will be eligible immediately. and. I'm impressed with him. I think he was a good quarterback at Wake Forest. I think he's going to be a good quarterback at Georgia. Just your thoughts on Georgia this year? Uh,
0: they lost a lot of guys on offense, you know, and, and they're not that good on offense to begin with, you know. So you worry there that, you know, are they going to be in a bunch of those nineteen to seventeen games where you got to find a way to get your nineteen? That's the only concerns about Georgia defensively. I mean, they're they're loaded, you know. The thing that, you know, is important that I look at is, you know, the crossover games, when they pick up Bama as a crossover game, it's like, man, you know, that, that adds something, I think, in your pursuit of trying to get to the playoffs, you just picked up an extra game, a losable game, you know, where a lot of these teams, I mean, their schedules are, are such cakewalks. Well, here they just got thrown from their conference. They got stuck with a with a crossover game. That man, that's not a game you want going on the road at Alabama. So that game, that it's a game that's not played every year, but it's being played this year. So one of those teams is going to get a loss that they didn't figure they were going to get. So when you look at those crossover games, they can really be a huge factor in determining who gets to the playoffs. You know, do you think you think Georgia wants Bama, or do you think they want? Old Miss this year I guarantee they'd <laughs> like to have Old Miss instead so those are things you got to look at when you're you know trying to predict this stuff which is impossible to do anyway even though I do it every year but um you know so it's fun to look at that but I, the crossover games are really important to look at
1: the last of the top six teams I want to get into Florida fifth best to win the title 16 to 1 what's their quarterback situation looking like is it Kyle Trask the fifth year senior will he be their starting quarterback and just what do you expect out of Dan Mullen and the Gators?
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. He's going to be their guy. And I think they're going to be really good. They got just about everybody back on offense. They got a lot of guys back on defense. Schedule sets up well. You know, they they get they get Georgia every year, but they get them on a neutral site. They get LSU at home. Now they do got to go at Tennessee, but if you can't win at Tennessee, then you're not very good anyway and you're not going to the playoffs. But I think I think things set up really well this year for Florida. Florida probably would, probably would be my pick to win the SEC right now. You know, and we're sitting here in April. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to pick the winner of a game, the morning of the game, let alone months in advance. But if I had to make a pick in the SEC, I probably would go with Florida. I thought they were really good last year. I think Mullen's a great coach. Um, got the returning, returning quarterback that is so huge in college football. So, yeah, I, I got, you know, thumbs up on, on Florida and maybe down on Bama, LSU, and Georgia.
1: Good stuff. All right, let's have a little fun here. We'll switch some gears and uh, just get into some uh, just random topics. Who do you think will be Michigan's starting quarterback this year, Bank? You think it will be Joe Milton? You think it will be Dylan McCaffrey? Maybe the young redshirt freshman Cade McNamara? Who do you think is going to be Michigan's starting quarterback, if you had to guess?
0: Again, I think we're looking at – I think Harbaugh needs – he needs to win, man. And I don't think he's in a position where he can go with um, a growth guy that takes his lumps – and then gets better by the end of the year, and then next year he's ready to go. I don't think he can do that. I mean, it's not been all that good for him, but he is winning nine, ten games, and I think he's got to stay at that level. I don't think he can afford to drop back to that 6, 7, 8 level, and they lost a lot of guys off that team last year. So I think it's going to be McCaffrey. I think he's safe. I think he's good, too. Milton would be my guy. If I thought I had... Three, four, or five years, you know, safe, nothing to worry about. I'd probably go with Milton because I think he's got a lot of raw talent. But, you know, there's a chance that when he has his off day, you're going to get beat that day. You know, and I don't think Harbaugh wants to take that chance. I think he needs to lock in, you know, his wins. And, and they've got a tough schedule this year too. You know, you go on the road to Washington, and you got, and then you finish up with Ohio State, crossover game with Minnesota. It's not going to be any fun. You know, crossover game with Wisconsin, their schedule's brutal. You know, I, I, I wish them a lot of luck this year. I think they are facing a lot of obstacles this year with a lot of new faces, a tough schedule, a new quarterback. You know, this if he wins 10, 11, 12 games this year, it, it, it is an amazing, amazing coaching job because I think they're going to drop a little bit.
1: You're an unbiased commentator on this next one because you're a Steeler fan. I'm a Bengal fan. We got a lot of Browns fans listening. We've got a lot of Steeler fans listening as well. But let me ask you this question. Who will be a better NFL quarterback, Baker Mayfield or Joe Burrow?
0: Wow. Um, you know, Joe is someone that I, I kind of am biased when it comes to Joe because I know his dad so well and like his dad so much. And I, I did get to meet Joey a little bit, and he's such a classy guy. But I'm telling you, I mean, if you look at Joey Burrow today in April, He's the next Joe Montana, Tom Brady. He is a no-brainer, no-doubt, number one pick in the draft. But if we go back to last August, which wasn't that long ago, he was hoping to get picked in the sixth or seventh round. I talked to his dad last year at the Ohio State camp about Joey's future. And it was like, well, we think he's going to get drafted. We think he can make a team. And, you know, but we want him to get – got to get that degree. you got to get as much education as he can get. He's got to be prepared. And and then the chance that he's not in the NFL, well, things just totally flipped then in five months. So is he closer to the guy that was very average his first year at LSU? Or is he the guy last year who had the, the absolute greatest season the quarterbacks ever had in the history of college football? So I don't know. And I like the kids so much and I like the family, but I probably would go with Baker Mayfield just because Baker has a track record and his track record was production all through college where Joey has the one monster year and then Baker in the NFL had a really, really good first year last year. He was terrible. He fell off the map last year, but you know, they decided to play a season without a coach. And when you do that in the NFL, it's rough. You know what I mean? I wouldn't hire Freddie Kitchens to coach my Perry high school team, let alone (laughs) run, run the Browns with all, and they changed everything getting Beckham and, you know, so, you know, Baker was probably set up to fail last year. and But I, I think I would go with Baker right now just because he's done it. And I've seen him do it. Where all I've seen out of Joey is a guy that was third string at Ohio State and then average his first year at LSU. And then last year, oh, my God, you know, you, we've never seen a year like that before. So, we're going to see. I would never take him with the first pick if I was the Bengals. And this, and I love the guy, and I love the family, and I want them to be rich and make millions and millions. But I would never take him. If I could trade down and fleece the Dolphins out of a bunch of picks, I would probably do that, um, try to lose every game next year, which might not be that hard for Cincinnati. They seem to be good at it. And then really <laughs> look to get – I would rather have Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence than Joey or Herbert or Tua. So I would try to get multiple picks out of the Dolphins, lose next year, keep Zach Taylor as coach for sure, because he'll help you do that, and then keep those horrible players that were put on the field last year, lose next year, and then you would have the extra picks from this year, get Justin Fields, get Trevor Lawrence, have that guy be your franchise quarterback. So that's what I would do if I'm the Bengals. Um, And that's coming from a Steelers fan that, you know, I don't mind that they're not good, but – that's really what I would do, and, and I think if they, you know, if they manage this draft right, and then tank next year, they could be right back, really, really good again, real soon.
1: And the Dolphins want to move up. From all reports, they are—they'd be willing to offer their their three first-round picks, most likely, maybe a couple second-round picks. But the, it reminds yeah. me of Ricky Williams years ago, where you know. They offered, the Saints offered all those picks for Ricky Williams, and the Bengals just held steady. They wanted Akili Smith. Now, I believe in Joe Burrow, so I don't think Akili Smith and Joe Burrow are parallels, just to be clear. But, uh, yeah, I don't see the Bengals doing anything that's outside of their comfort zone. I think they're going to stay there and take Burrow. And to be honest, I'm okay with that. You know, I think Joe Burrow's going to be a good NFL quarterback. So well, I hear what you're saying, though. I mean, it make, would make a lot of sense to stock up on picks, tank for another year, and then take Lawrence or Fields, and you would have all the picks from this year. I get it. That would be the smart thing to do. But, yeah, that's just that's just too complicated for the Bengals. All right, last thing here. Let's stay in southern Ohio. Reed Carrico, number two middle linebacker in the country, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, a member of Ohio State's 2020 recruiting class. He was he got it. This isn't a big surprise. I mean, we knew he'd be playing in all-star games, but he got his invite to the All-American Bowl. Bank, what do listeners need to know about Reed Carrico?
0: You know, I, I really like him. And if we were to have this conversation uh, in about week 2 or 3 last year I might not have been as high on him um the, the film from the year before w- was good obviously and you can see he's a big guy can run you know you can see him run the football and you can see you know a lot of good things about him change direction tough but he spent a lot of time on the ground i thought for you know his sophomore year and a lot of his junior year He ran himself out of plays, and people blocked him, and he's not playing Ignatius and Lakewood St. Edward and Cincinnati Elder every week either. But then, man, from about that midway point of last year up through the state championship game, it was like he took his game to a a different level. And, you know, I really, really became a huge fan of his second-half film of last year compared to what I saw before that when he was always good. But I think he took it to a different level, an elite level. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm really, really high on him. And that's when, you know, we kind of bumped him up ahead of, like, Ben Chrisman. And, you know, I, I think he's probably number two in the state right now. I mean, he was probably three, four, five. But I thought he really turned it on. And I thought his game took a leap. And that's really what we should see from these big-time players. You should never, never level off. It's 17 or 18 years old. That should not happen. You should keep getting good. You should be the Chase Young level where the needle just keeps going up, up, up. Every year you get better, and that's what we saw at a Reed Carrico last year. And and I'm a I'm a big fan right now, real big fan.
1: Great stuff as always out of Bill Bank Green. Really appreciate it, Bank. I'm a big fan of Bank Green. Good stuff, buddy. And appreciate all the listeners out there for tuning to the show. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's set up like Buckeye Swag. Best damn band in the land. <laughs>